All right, guys, welcome back to week number eight of your weekly buck busting podcast where we talk about anything and everything hockey. Oh, boy. Heck, yeah, that's going First on. try this time. First try. We're keeping that in there. Uh, surrounded by all my co-hosts. Hello. As always. Hiya. Hi. Eight weeks already. Holy crap. Eight weeks. That's insane. Doesn't feel like we've been doing this for this long already. Um, Two months, pretty much, yeah. So, where do you guys want to start tonight? Oh, I'd start with the obvious. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Yep. Father passed away at the age of 82. Uh, prior to this week, so. Uh, condolences to his family and loved ones. <laughs> condolences. 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 Yeah. condolences. I misspoke, I'm sorry. Condolences to the family, the Gretzky family. And of course, to the great one, the greatest hockey player to ever live, to ever skate on the ice. Absolutely. Alright, uh, now to current players uh, with some major milestones. Uh, Sunday, uh, the seventh, Keith Yandel of the Florida Panthers is set to skate in his 1,000th NHL career game, which is obviously another great milestone for another great third or fourth player to do, do it this year. We had Weber, Crosby, and now Keith Yandel. So to yeah. play a thousand, their thousandth career game this year. It just wow. Keith Yandel, I didn't even think he'd. I didn't know he'd been in the league for this long. Oh, 06. Wow. 06 is his draft year. Wow. So didn't um didn't Patrick Marlowe just recently do that too? Like, he did that, like, I think, like two years ago. Yeah, that was a but, while ago. Uh, I thought you, he's keep, keep in mind his Marvel's draft year is 07, oh, not 07, 97. So he, he's uh, been on, he's been on the league right. for a yeah. long time. He he, I yeah, know he's getting close to passing like the all time games played. So he, he, but he's like right behind Yager, I believe. So excluding him going to Pittsburgh last year, has he been in his with the Sharks most of his? He was yeah. with the Sharks a good majority of his career. Yeah, because he was with. Toronto for two years. And then we he started, acquired him in the trade. Yeah, then we oh, got... No, when we signed, we signed him in the trade deadline, I believe. Yeah, and then he obviously went back to... The Sharks. The Sharks this offseason, this past offseason. Yeah, I knew he was always a... Sh- so he's definitely going to be... Shark. I definitely think he's going to be retiring as a Shark. I'd love to see him retire as a Shark. Yeah. All right, next thing is uh, Alex Kaprinkin, Chicago Ford. Got his 100th career goal and 200th career point earlier this week. Wow. Against the game, against Tampa. Sounds can, all right. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. How long has he been in the league? He got drafted what? Seventeen. He was drafted seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Senior is Strom. Strom actually was twenty twenty six twenty fifteen. Strom and were fifteen. Wow. Yeah, he was. Oh, but all. Yeah, yeah, David was, was the third. first overall. Jack Eichel went second, then Dylan Strom went third in Arizona. Yeah, you're right. So. And uh, sticking in Chicago, Patty Kane scored his 400th career goal, one of the fastest wow. to do so as an American-born skater. So, well, hey, good for him. You know, everybody else likes him, but I'm personally not a big fan of him. But still, that's that is a big accomplishment. So he's an, he, bar none, he is an amazing player, for, for amazing skills. I can never have the skills that this dude has. <laughs> skills or speed. Or speed, yeah. <laughs> And last major milestone for the night, uh, Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals scored his 700th apple against the Boston Bruins on Thursday night. So, de- definitely uh, another ma- major milestone. I uh, definitely got there quick with, you know, playing on the line for OB for all these years. So, uh, good, good, uh, congratulations, Nick Backstrom. Obviously, for sure. Alright, and then other, other major news, Brett Seabrook from Chicago, again, retires after 15 seasons winning three cups. Wow. 
15 seasons. That one was unexpected because he's just been out almost all the year, all of this year from injury. Yeah. Just he made the announcement that he's he he's unable to recover. He he just can't. He's trying his best to, and he just can't. And he just decided to call it quits. Yeah. 15 seasons. That's just another big blow to kind of with Chicago this year with Jonathan Taves out um, Mm. this year. Johnny Taves, Kirby Doc, now uh, Brent Seabrook. Yeah. That hurts. There. And they're they're still what third in the division, third. fourth in the division. They're fourth, they're fourth. In the they're they're doing pretty good. They're doing a lot better than I had predicted in our pr- predictions uh, first episode. But I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, they're still a great team even with all the injuries that they're facing right now. And yeah, yeah. like I said last week, they're one of those teams that have been keeping their nose to the grindstone ever since day one, and they've just been nothing but doing nothing but pushing. Yeah, that's I've had him. I believe I had him dead last in the division in the I predictions. I said because of we didn't know how long Taze was going to be out, and but they're proving me wrong. Yeah. Maybe when Taze gets yeah. back, they'll be even better, and they could push their way up to first or second in the division. You never know. Cool. All right, uh, let's move off milestones. Uh, Daryl Sutter is now uh, the head coach of the Calgary Frames. I uh, really even did uh, Ward after uh, a win on Wednesday night, which. Kind of weird. Kind, yeah, kind of comes to the shocker. One after a loss, and two, they're fifth place in the division, and they're at, at the five hundred mark. So, I, I don't know how. Do, how do you guys feel of I, that announcement? Especially with them being in the middle of the pack right now in their division, I would be. There's some like I'm surprised that they would fire the fire them. At it's strange that how much they've changed compared to last year, which they, I think they ended up winning. Their, they were at the top of their division last year when we went into the, the lockdown. Um, and I don't remember what they ended up finishing the round robin, but well, they, they were good. And then they, I believe they looked rough in the round robin. So like it's yeah. something with that lockout that just well, kind of messed them up. I don't know what happened. Here's a little question for you guys. Do you think he'll go back into the league and go with another team? Do you think that another team's going to pick him up as like an assistant? Who's that? Oh, work. As like an assistant, oh, okay, okay. As like an assistant coach um, or a training coach, or well, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Seattle's named any of the coaches yet, right? They have uh, so he, well, that's kind of that's what got me thinking. Well, they said they mentioned on a possible coach for the team. Yeah, there, there's some other other coaches out there that they thought there was a name for, like Aguilar, who you know came to Vegas year one, Bruce Boudreau. Uh, obviously, Claude Julian, who was just let go by Montreal. So, um, obviously, there's there's some big names out there that are potentially available mm-hmm. for that, even that head coach position or even that assistant coach position. But like, mm-hmm. where would you see that him fit specific? Like Ward fit specific specifically in into a, a team like Seattle? Yeah. Well, yeah. I have I am actually on NHL.com right now, and I have about That's really nice. uh there's Five top five names, starting at number five, John Stevens, uh, Todd Nelson coming in at four, or uh, Richter, I think it is Richard Gronberg is the third, Bruce, uh, Bondura, Bondura, uh, sorry if I butchered that, and coming in at number one, uh, Jared Gallon. That's, that's for, for the top five Seattle coaches or yeah, GMs? Yes. That's coaches. for coaches. For like head coach? Top, top okay. Coaches. Did, did uh, they name a GM yet? Uh, Ron Francis. It says... Is it Ron? Wow. From yeah, the so. article, it says, General uh, General Manager Ron Francis recently said in his interview with The Athletic 
that he is in no rush to name a coach at this point because he is still not sure what type of team he's going to be able to draft. End quote. That's wow. Okay. Which that's still, I mean, the ex- who who wrote that article? We gotta give credit to who wrote that article. That was NHL Sports. And it, uh, okay. NHL. It doesn't give a specific name. Um, Adam Gretz. Adam Gretz. Okay, awesome. But yeah, that's that's gonna be. It's I can definitely see Ward and even Claude Claude Julian being in thrown that, into thrown into the run in thrown list, into the yeah. mix. The possibility. I'd even say go back as far as like Dan Balsma, or even Mike um Mike Johnston, people like that. Definitely Dan Balsma over Mike Johnston because Dan Balsma did a lot more as a head coach mm-hmm. than uh, Mike Johnston did. But yeah, it's anything can happen. You never know. They could end up signing some random guy that we've never heard of. Yeah. And just hey, want to coach a hockey team? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. People like to be different, and you know I don't know if Ron Francis is one of those guys, but we'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, here's a couple of things you guys probably didn't see this week. Coming in at number one, Zach Parise has a health, uh, first healthy scratch in nine seasons. Oh, like that's that's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like definitely, he's. I, I don't obviously think I think they're not counting like injuries and stuff. He because it said first healthy scratch. First healthy scratch. The first time he's been healthy that he's been out of the lineup. Kind of like that's going off of mm-hmm. that. Like Buffalo's been doing that with Jeff Skinner. Like he's been a healthy scratch and mm-hmm. like he's been scratched for like. Last few games, at least. Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, Jeff Skinner's a great player. Yeah. Same with Zach Friesen. Maybe he just, I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just said, maybe he just said, hey, I don't want to play today. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. They, I mean, maybe we would have found more information, but that's all we really found. So. Yeah, I mean, that was just Dang. when I was on NHL.com earlier today. It was just basically in the headline. His first healthy scratch, and it just kind of, you know, that was the headline basically summed it all up. Um, another one, Blickfield suspended for two games without pay for a legal check to the head on the Avalanche's Nathan McKinnon. Oh, wow. Oh, that's good. I mean, I had Nathan kind of going off topic here. I That hurts because I have McKinnon on my fantasy. Yeah. Um, did he get injured from it? Or is he, did uh, he, he was just kind of like a, he, like he, knocked him, like he, put him out cold for a couple minutes? Or? He played the next game, but now is this, this just a day-to-day? Yeah, I, he's out I mean, day-to-day. I'm guessing he's in a concussion protocol. Just with an illegal truck to the head like that, probably, probably you know, because a lot of times when you get discombobulated like that, especially standing up on the ice, you know, anything can happen. You can fall down, you can hit the boards, you can hit another player. You know, concussions are serious, especially in hockey. Yeah. Um, Ovechkin fined five grand after spearing Boston forward Trent Frederick. I mean... That one I did not see. I did see the one on Nathan McKinnon, but I did yeah. not see that one. I mean, I'm kind of, that's a little disappointing, especially for an, from an OB standpoint. I mean, how long has he been in the league? He sh- that's like... Those but he, like shared this, he shared a rookie year with Crosby. So. No, those are like, that's like a rookie Malkin. mistake. He, did. No, he shared not his Crosby. rookie year with Crosby. He's right. Malkin uh, didn't come in until 06, so... I well, didn't realize he shared... He shared an, an NHL rookie year mm-hmm. with Crosby, that is. And then the last one I have on here is Hurricanes D-man Brent Peske, sorry if I said that wrong, fined five grand for dangerous trip on Robbie Fabry of the Detroit Red Wings. Which, kind of, I don't know much about uh, Peske, that's how you say his last name, but mm-hmm. if he's been in the league for a couple of years, that's another kind of rookie mistake. Mm-hmm. You know. But, um, going back, surfing back to Washington, the Washington Capitals and dirty hits, illegal hits, cup checks, Whatever the fuck you want to say, 
Uh, Tom Wilson. No, obviously uh, early early in his uh, career, he's had some pretty dirty hits, some long suspensions, some fines. Looking back at some of these previous games now that he has played, is he back to his old antics, or is it something that we've just kind of swept under the rug for a couple of years, and now just realizing it, you know, with with more focused games against certain teams? If yeah. I'm if I'm gonna be totally honest, I feel like they've definitely swept under the rugs. Just because, you know, as the majority of us, especially being Penguins fans, we always see those real nasty, dirty hits towards teams like Pittsburgh and Boston and everyone in their division. And then it's like somebody hits Tom Wilson. It's, oh, you know, five-minute major penalty for this, this, or this. Tom Wilson lowers his head and spears somebody or takes his hockey stick and does a dangerous trip. And they're like, yeah, you'll be all right. Even including that hit last week. Against Mark Janikowski, did he get anything for that? No. I don't think he, he got he, fined or anything. He got a two-minute penalty for roughing. And that, was, that was it. Yeah, he didn't get yeah, he didn't get a fine because It was a very late hit. It like, was not very late, but it was like a good what two to three seconds after he got rid of the puck, yeah. he hit the puck down the ice and he, he just got absolutely leveled. Dirty ones against on was it Tanev in the one series oh, yeah. against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Which, which Bobo and I saw an article order early on in NHL. That apparently Wilson is scheduled to have a meeting with player safety wow. for that one hit late hit against uh, Carbo of the of the Bruins. So I mean, obviously it's about damn time yeah. NHL, but like, yeah, still. Not, I mean, not trying to be biased here, but I definitely feel like he needs to get his fucking nose rubbed, rubbed in some shit after all the shit he's done. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of Tom Wilson. He's doing good for me on fantasy, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm still not a big fan of him. Well, <laughs> I, you get a point I don't think him. anybody that's not a fan of the Washington Capitals is a fan of Tom mm-hmm. Wilson. I, I think regardless of the player, like any, anybody hates a, a person like that, regardless of you know whether it's Tom Wilson, whether it's Vander Kane, Corey Perry, yada yada. Like People just don't like those type of players. I mean, yeah. like if they play for your team, great. You love them, you're... You're in love with them, but like, mm-hmm. otherwise you you despise them. You you hate their fucking guts. Oh, yeah. No, they can hurt majorly hurt people. With oh these, yeah, some of these hits, like yeah, like ending careers. You've seen people end careers. Throwing back to was it Matt Cook back in what 2011, 2012? Oh, whose I, career did he end? Uh, Mark Savard. No, he didn't end it, but he gave like serious concussions, which ended up leading to the end of his career. Yes, yeah, so yeah. he pretty much was in, pretty much was in concussion protocol for a good majority of the rest of his career and just never really recovered, recovered from it. I, I don't think a lot of he people... ended up getting like another hit from another player. Mm-hmm. I, could, I couldn't tell you the name if I tried. And that 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 second hit is what ended his career. But the one from Matt Cook is the one that like escalated the end of mm-hmm. his career. I think a lot of people don't realize how much force that actually is on the ice, but a little bit of basic physics, you know. It's not like you're playing football where, you know, yeah, football's another very physical sport, but on hockey, you know, football, you hit each other and you kind of come to a stop. Hockey, on the other hand, you're on the ice, you, you know, you're skating at six, seven miles an hour. Someone plasts you, plasts you up front, and you're like, well, just got to get up and shake it off. Well, some, some of them are going a lot faster than six to seven well, miles an hour. that's what I mean. That's just a, you know, yeah. estimate. But, yeah. yeah, still, you know, you're skating at 12 miles an hour, and you drop your, you level some kid, and you're like, that kid's like, oh, my. God, all time to get back up and do it over again. Yeah, it's like some of these NHLers, twenty-one, twenty years old, mm-hmm. taking these hits and they get up and shake it off like it's nothing. I stub my toe in my bedpost and I'm on the floor for twenty minutes crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like I don't know how some of these players can put up with some of those hits, man. It's 
Oh, oh shit! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, keeping on the uh, the topic of like rough or just bad calls or just people not getting what they deserve, we got one of our very first questions or comments on our Facebook fan page, Buckbusters Radio, if you aren't already following us, uh, from Adam K. He says, inconsistent referees. Has it always been this way and we just don't realize? Is there just more focus on it this season with all the COVID issues? I mean, I, we, we kind of brushed it on that, but I, I wanted to give the shout-out to Adam there. I, Thank you for I, your post. I, I think it just depends on the certain player, because like, there's some players that are going to call it every single fucking time, mm. re- regardless. And then there's some players that are like, oh, yeah, we're, you're, you're going to be the, fr- you're the face of this franchise. You, you, know, you bend over backwards for both us and Gary Bittman. We're gonna let you slide. Yeah. Go, only give you a two minute penalty, but oh. cough, cough, come yeah. listen. Slap on yeah. the wrist, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slap on the wrist. Okay, get back at it after two minutes. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, I I personally think it just depends on on the player. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but it's that's a great question. Definitely a, a good, very, very good first question for us to get. Definitely. If anybody else has questions, again, don't be afraid to either tweet us at the Buckbusters or. Ask us a question on the Buckbusters Radio Facebook fan page. Yeah, I don't want to have a Twitter account anymore. <laughs> don't worry about it, Robbie, okay? <laughs> special guest in studio, uh, studio is Robbie Campbell. Yeah! yeah Robbie! First special Howdy. guest ever. So. Alrighty, it's our stats time. So, I have the top 10 skaters in the NHL. Uh, coming in with a two way tie for 10th place. It's Jonathan Huberdeau of the Panthers and Nicholas Backstrom of the Capitals with 26 apiece. Coming in at 8th place, Brad Marchand, uh, 27 from Boston with 27 points. 7th, Alex DeBrinkit, old Erie Otter boy, uh, 28 points with Chicago. Coming in 6th place, Austin Matthews of the Leafs with 31. 5th place, Mark Scheifele from Winnipeg with 32. Fourth place, Mitch Marner, 34 with the Leafs. Top three, Leon Dreisaitl, 35 with Edmonton. Patrick Kane, uh, coming in at second place, 37 points with Chicago. And the second, Old Erie Otter Boy, Connor McDavid, with 40 points from the Oilers. Off to Jeffy with defensive Coming in at number, at number 10, 10. is... It's a two-way tie. It's um, Dougie Hamilton with 16, the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, Charlie. And then eighth place is Charlie McAvoy with the Boston Bruins. And Neil Point with with both 17. Six is um, Tyson Berry with the Edmonton Oilers. And Drew Doughty with the LA Kings. Five is... John Carlson with the cap with the Washington Capitals. Four is Morgan Riley with the Leafs. Nineteen, actually, that's a it's a two-way tie. Two-way tie. Fifth. And then, and then Jeff Petrie with the Montreal Canadiens with twenty-one. And then number two. And then a two-way tie is is Victor Hedman with twenty. Two and Quinn Hughes with the Canucks. Wow. All right, top ten goalies. We got Aiden Hill of the, but we didn't write down the team name. The, uh, <laughs> um, the Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes with a .930 save percentage. 
and a 2.24 goals against. We got Laurent Brisson. I don't even know how to pronounce that name. Of the Winnipeg Jets with a .93 save percentage and a 2.19 goals against. Ilya Sorokin of the Islanders with a .909 save percentage and a 2.16 goals against. Also with the Islanders, Semyon Varlamov with a .927 save percentage and a 2.10 goals against. Uh, Phil Grubauer coming in at 7th, or 6th, I'm sorry, with the Avalanche with a .921 save percentage and a 2.06 goals against. Michael Hutchinson of the Leafs with a .934 save percentage and a 2.03 goals against. Marc-Andre Fleury of the Golden Knights with a .939 save percentage and a 1.71 goals against. Of course, Andre Vasilevsky of the Lightning with a .942 save percentage and a 1.66 goals against. Jack Campbell of the Leafs with a .951 save percentage and a 1.33 goals against. And Peter Morazic of the Carolina Hurricanes with a .955 save percentage and a 0.99 goals against. That's insane. Wowing less than one goal a game, man. That, that's, that's, I was thinking about that when I was writing those this morning, and I was like, that's freaking insane. Like He's not, no offense to Peter Morazzi, he's a great goaltender, but he's not the guy you think would be able to do that. I would think he, Mark Andre. I'd say, I'd say more like Flurry Vasilevsky being the number one with I'm that. I'm surprised Tuka wasn't. That's what I would have thought, too. I don't think when you imagine, you know, the top five or top ten goaltenders in this league, I don't think you would imagine somebody like Peter Mrazek making that list, to be honest. Being number one all together. Yeah. I mean, hey, he's been kicking ass and taking names. The two that were surprisingly not seen on that list was Tuca and then Brandon Holpe and um, uh, Robin Leonard as well. Leonard not on there yet. Yeah. Those were probably the... Oh, and Carey Price. Those are probably the four that kind of were, were surprisingly not seen on that. Well, if you look at the teams around those two Canadian, uh, Canadian team goaltenders, Carey Price, Brayden Holpe, they don't really have much in front of them. I mean, granted, like, Holpe does have some offensive power in front of him in Vancouver, but, like, the, anybody in the blue line, they're weak. They're struggling. He's got Quinn, so he's, Quinn Hughes, and that's about it. That's all he's got. Yeah, which which uh, it's tough for him. So, yeah, yep. Going going from a big defensively structured Washington Capitals team to a a much much weaker Vancouver team, it's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, the, the, so the two that come to mind when you talk about Vancouver's defense: Tyler Myers and Quinn Hughes, and that's literally it. Go to back to when he played with Washington. He had Dmitry Orlov, John Carlson, Brooks Orpik, just to say the least. Yeah, which it's tough. All right, and for rookies, top rookies. Coming in at number nine, well, tied for ninth base, uh, the rookie Panther uh, with eight points, Mr. A2 Lulsterian. And Oliver Wallstrom from the Islanders, both with eight points, as I said before. Number eight, Phil Karashev with Blackhawks, Kornez, nine points. Tied for sixth, uh, Gabriel uh, Veldra of the Kings and Niles Hawkbander of the Canucks, both have ten. Ty Smith. From New Jersey has 11. Pia Sutter from Blackhawks has 12. Tim Stutzel from the Sens has 14. Josh Norris from this, also from the Sens has 15. And coming in at number one from the Minnesota Wild with 19 points, Kirill Kaprizov. Alright, 
Unfortunately, we will not be doing our normal buck pestery injury updates. Our injury man, Ethan, could not make it tonight due to prior commitments. So, uh, sorry guys. Anyway, next into trade rumors, the trade mill. Um, Jack Eichel obviously comes comes to mind, coming out of uh, demanding a trade out of Buffalo. Where we would like to see him, who would they get him for, and how well would those two trades do? Well, I can't. I was gonna wait for the mock draft for this, but if as long as he doesn't get traded before then, I say he could go to Seattle. But if he is traded. Maybe somebody like um, a struggling team like Minnesota or um, Detroit. Detroit. They, they, Detroit does need a good one-two punch. I mean, they only have Larkin. That's like, and they just need uh, help around. Come him. Having Dylan Larkin on the first line and Jack Eichel on the second line. Yeah, yeah. Out, outside that first line, Detroit mm-hmm. doesn't have much. Realistically, mm-hmm. really, they really don't know. I mean, so my choices are Minnesota and Detroit. I can see. I can also see Minnesota or Detroit, or even a you know a better team like Columbus or someone that like Columbus, uh, maybe even someone like Washington, where they can you know get him up to that grade where everybody else is on that team. So he's kind of sitting at like a DC average if you think about it. And if he goes with someone like Washington or Columbus or Pittsburgh or one of those. Standout teams, he can go. You know, I, I, get I, a, B, go a B status. And I, I, I get your grain scale. You know, if he goes to Washington, gets to DC. So thank you, Will. I did not even think about that. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> um, I did not even think about it. And we broke Kyle in the moment. <laughs> it's okay, Kyle. Tell us how you really feel. I, I was actually. How are about Jack Eichel or that comment? Yes. <laughs> No, Jack Eichel, I could, I Jeffy definitely stole that from me because I I'd mentioned at some point I can definitely see Seattle taking him, but I don't think the Sabres would want to give him up for nothing in an expansion draft. I I think if they're going to try to get somebody out of it, a team that will benefit the most out of it is a team like Los Angeles, because yeah. you you have that great leadership captain centerman as on in Anze Kopitar. So, obviously, I think Anze can definitely keep him under his wing and show him the way and then eventually build Jack Eichel up to be that next face of the franchise for, for the Kings. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that's that's a lot to live up from uh, for, considering it's L.A. But and For example, with Jeff Skinner and still Bon Buffalo, correct? Yeah. Let's say with him yeah. being the healthy scratch, for example, he could do like a, a Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner to, say, I don't know, Detroit for... Tyler Bertuzzi in a second round pick or something like that, or a prospect in a second round pick. So just something like that, you know. To be fair, where you know Buffalo gets something in fair back, Detroit gets something that they need with Jack Eichel, you know. It, that's that's a good one though. That's a good start to this. All right, and then uh, another thing is uh, Carey Price. Obviously, with him being very disgruntled up in Montreal, where where would he go, and where would he be the best fit for? For being a stellar, high-profit goaltender as himself. I can see him going to like someone like Detroit, who's kind of or uh, Detroit or Dallas or someone in that bottom, you know, the 
maybe bottom three seeds that need that outstanding all-around goaltender who can stop anything from a slap shot to close quarters? Well, I think I think Detroit has got their goaltending situation figured out. They just got to figure out where they can get help for said goaltenders. Yeah. I would say somebody. I mean, even though right now they're on top, kind of on top of the standings right now for the Central, but I would say um, somebody down in Florida, like with the Panthers. Sergey Bobrovsky and Carey Price. Oh my God! I would say the Blue Coats of the Rangers, just because oh. they have two very like extremely young goaltenders who <laughs> don't. Gore and uh, Shostakovich and Georgiev. I saw that from last to this day. And with the departure of the King Henrik Lundqvist, I mean they don't really have much like experienced leadership with, with the Big Apple. So I mean, they'd definitely be like the the, the teacher oh, to yeah. help. Teach those young they, guys. They, let me show you the way, young Jedi. Young yeah. Padawan. Right, well, here's a little another spark question for you. If or so a team would get rid of a goalie for him, who would you say and why? Like, what, like, like, go, like goalie for goalie trade. Goalie for who, goalie Who would trade. goalie price be traded for? Yeah. If you had to for. pick maybe your top two teams, so it would be like Hendrik Lundqvist for Carey Price. It's, I, it's just... With Carey Price's age, it's hard to tell. I would say do that Montreal Edmonton trade and do Mike Smith okay. for Carey Price. Yet both both of them are mid thirties. Both of them are pretty expensive and take a big hit to the salary cap. But also both provide the veteran experience that both teams still desperately needs. Uh, or maybe even Carey Price for Pecorino. Ooh, I, I'd swap Pe- Peck out for Usia. Because apparently, apparently Nashville's been shopping UC Soros out for for another solid backup goaltender. Oh, I was just thinking more of age because I believe UC is still on the younger side. He, like, he is like older twenties, and Pecorine is more closer to Carey Price's age, like younger to mid younger to mid thirties. It, it'd be a, a nice like kind of thing, like dream fantasy kind of kind of thing. But if you want to be more realistic about it, then you know UC Soros. Realistically, could be more of a potential trade for Price versus Pecky. Yeah, that's 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 another good one. All right, and then um, I Jonathan Bernier actually is a, another goaltender that's kind of on the train block for Detroit, which I should have read this off earlier when we were talking about Carey Price, but I mean the the backup for Detroit who's been struggling behind mm-hmm. behind a, a solid Thomas Grice, so. I, I guess that could be a good thing, but I mean, I think mean, Jonathan Bernier—he's another one. Like he's—he's he's getting up there in age. I don't know how much he'd be worth, but um, would be a good place for Jonathan Bernier. Maybe an already stellar team, like we were saying earlier. Like I—I've always wanted to say Philadelphia, but they—they're goalie tandem thus far. Is Brian Elliott as a backup and, and Carter, Carter Hart as the face? Well, I mean, Carter Hart's just one of those goalies where he's, you know, just all around, you know, he's fantastic all around, you know. He showed it this year. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah. he's been doing. And, and as young as a guy as he is, he's, he's going to continue to oh, grow, man. so. I mean, unless, the only way I can see that possibly happening is if they get rid of him and maybe like a draft pick. You know, we'll give you, you know, Carey Price and, you know, two second-round draft picks for Brian Elliott. 
Or we're talking about Bernier. Or, but, yeah, Bernier. Jonathan sorry, Bernier. I, I misspoke. That's my fault. For Brian Elliott. Well, that's not, actually not bad. That's my fault. But, yeah. I can definitely would, see them giving up Elliott before Carter Hart. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, or it would even Bernier be like. Bernier for Brian Elliott in the draft pick. That, yeah. I mean, or it would even be like, we're going to give you a forward and a defenseman just for that one goal. You know, we're going to give you the goalie, a forward, mm-hmm. or a defenseman just for your one goaltender because he's young, he's nimble, and he's freaking unstoppable between the pipes. Oh, yeah. That's one kind of going with what Colin Kyle said. It's kind of tough. I might have to go maybe the Islanders. Ooh, it's kind. I'm kind of. It's okay because who's the, who's the backup to Varlamov? Oh, uh, they don't have a, a big name. As yeah, I think it be on the list. Oh, I think it was on the goalie list. I yeah, think it was. Uh, where's my notebook? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking it up right now. While you guys kind of, uh, Elias Sor- uh, Sorkin, is currently their backup goaltender. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Well, he wasn't listed. Okay, Elias Sorkin. Yeah. yeah. For example, like trade. Yeah, him. At least him. A trade in a draft pick. Um, is the best for him. What about someone like Philip Grubauer? He's a little older in age, so is. I mean, not really. He's he's. I think he's too good to be traded for somebody like Jonathan Bernier. No, no disrespect to Jonathan Bernier, but yeah. Grubauer has well, shown I significant was, more success. I was kind of backtracking the other things we said. The I, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but you know, I don't. I don't see the Abs shipping Grubauer anywhere anytime soon. All right, uh, let's move up to uh, from the blue paints to the blue line. Uh, Matias Ekholm of Nashville. I uh, might be uh, linked to a potential trade to the Philadelphia Flyers, who desperately are looking for some solid depth on that blue line. So, uh, what what would Philadelphia give up for a potential trade like Matthias Ekholm? I could definitely uh, a, definitely a draft pick. I could say for Philly. I, I don't. That's the Philadelphia. That's another team with not much. Yeah. Not a lot of notable players. On out. defense, uh, yeah. I mean, out. Don't, honestly, I the only one I can really name is Shane Gostas there. And Ivan Provorov. Okay, Ivan Provorov too. Um, but though, though, I don't think though they would be willing to get rid of those two. That that one-two punch there. I mean, with Matthias at home, they they definitely be like like a draft pick, in like one of their like a third line defensemen, and say or, maybe say or, add, or, say add in a a, a, a second round pick on the prospect, Nashville side. Prospect like from their. That too, we could do that. Or I'm saying like add in a draft pick on the Ekholm side, Matthias at home, and a third round pick for just for example, say Ivan Provorov and a second round pick or something like that, you know. And then uh, last but not least, what I have: the Arizona Coyotes are currently digging around the NHL for a solid left-handed defenseman, which obviously there are a lot of those guys around, but I mean. <laughs> That uh, bunch of those lefties on the line. Uh, who do you think would be a good pick or a good pickup, and what would they be able to give up for? Uh, you said lefties for. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you should read about. Yeah, from Pittsburgh, they could possibly give up a, a draft pick and a pro- uh, prospects. Yeah. Yeah. Who would they? Who do you think we would be able to get from? Would the sorry, would the Penguins be able to get from? From Arizona, uh, I I would say a fifth round draft pick, probably another another prospects. 
Okay. Maybe we can get Fat Boy Phil back. Uh, you no. that that'll have to be a bigger trade. It'll be a bigger trade to get him back. Just as much as I'd love to see Fat Boy Phil back in the black and gold. Yeah. His his time in Pittsburgh's over. I don't see him coming back. Oh, so he's definitely kicking ass out with the Coyotes. He, he, he's doing better this year than he was last year. For sure. He didn't do much last year, but this year he's definitely showing himself. I think he's a lot more comfortable. He, he's getting a lot more comfortable with his teammates, with his surroundings. But, um, yeah. Back to the topic at hand. Yeah, I think that's about all we had for potential trades or trade rumors. All right, guys, that'll just about wrap it up this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, again, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at the Buckbusters Radio or even on Twitter at the Buckbusters. And if you aren't already, what the buck are you doing? Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya! See ya.